the following show contains spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming. Did you know Peter Parker was Spider-Man? We could survive that. We could survive that. We could survive... Spider-Man, Spider-Man Does whatever a spider can Spins a web any size Catches seeds just like guys Look out, here comes a Spider-Man Hello and welcome to We Could Survive That, your survival guide to the movies. I'm Jack and today I'm joined by a insect-related superhero. It's Chris. I was going to say Ant-Man. I was like, no, it's taken. I was going to say Wasp-Man. I was like, oh, there's someone called a Wasp already. Can't do Spider-Man. So I am... Dung Beetle-Man. I was going to say the Beetle. But, all right, Dung Beetle. Dung Beetle? Yeah, Dung Beetle. Why not? The Dung Beater. He loves around, <laughs> <laughs> around punching dung. Well, it had it coming to it, didn't it? Chris, what are we doing today? We're doing Iron Man Four, also known as Spider-Man Homecoming. It wasn't Iron Man Four; it's just Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Surprisingly, not a lot of Iron Man in it, which is good. Well, especially after I've had to deal with weeks and months of you going, "Oh no, Iron Man is in everything," both on and off the podcast. You'd ring me up sometimes on an unrelated topic. And just suddenly complain, oh no, Iron Man! Not once have I done that. He's (laughs) everywhere! Not once. Post letters to me, oh, Iron Man, he's everywhere! Send you emails. Yeah. Put a brick through your window once. With, ooh! (laughs) (laughs) Followed by another two that said Iron and then Man. Yeah. You could have fitted Iron Man on one brick. I like my writing to be big. Uh, To express your your shock. Rage and, uh, yeah, shock. Was there much rage, though, in this film, Chris? No. Did it I, induce um, much rage from you, no, specifically? No, re- not really, no. Not the film itself. Members of the audience, perhaps. <laughs> yes. Okay, right. Every podcast that deals with movies and going to the cinema eventually has a rant about movie cinema etiquette, don't they? I think it's one of the rites of passage. And you've not really done a movie podcast until you've ranted at your fellow cinema goers. Which is what we're going to do briefly. <laughs> By God. There was a family there that could not control their kids. I don't they know were if it was throwing... a family. I think it was like a, a trip thing. I don't care who they were. They ruined my cinema experience. They were chucking shit around. Halfway through the film, it was like a popcorn explosion. It was one of the kids, I think, I don't know whether they were trying to pass a bag of popcorn, but nope throw it I don't think they're trying to pass it they just launched it yeah down the aisle this is why I'm going back to watch a film yeah with less tiny irritating distractions I'll go like a midnight showing no kids at a midnight showing unless they can't sleep unless it's like a Friday I'm not going on a Friday don't go on a Friday I'll go like Wednesday midweek and midnight nobody will be there (laughs) apart from you yes rant over rant over rant over the moral of this story is control your kids just don't take them to the cinema. Lock them in cages. No, take them to the cinema, but not when I'm there. <laughs> take them to see something else. Cars 3. Is it even out yet? I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Do you watch Cars? Do you follow no, that? No, that's why I want them to go and see it, because I'm, I'm not planning on watching it. I think I've seen the first it. one. Despicable Me 3 is coming out. I want to see that. Okay, so rant over with, Chris. Let's talk about Spider-Man Homecoming. The plot, first of all. Worst Spider-Man film ever. Makes it amazing Spider-Man... Look incredible. Is that the plot? <laughs> is that the plot of the film? Yes, it is. Worst Spider-Man film and that's it is. the plot? It is. What is the plot? It's um, Spider-Man. 
becoming Spider-Man, you know, learning the ropes, doing the friendly neighborhood stuff with the help of Tony Stark supplying the suit. No origin story, because we've seen that so many times now where they made the correct decision just to skip over it. And it's just him trying to find his way in the world, you know, testing out what he should be doing. And then Vulture comes along, he gets in way over his head and nearly kills a bunch of people. Yes, leading Iron Man to come back and take the suit away from Peter and then forcing him to go old school with just his regular suit to try and take on this very dangerous foe uh, in Michael Keaton's The The Vulture who is selling and fashioning uh, super weapons and then selling them uh, on the streets for gangs to commit robberies and all sorts of uh, naughty stuff that they shouldn't be doing which is of course making Spider-Man's life slightly harder than it already is having to deal with guns and knives and regular criminals let alone bank robbers with laser guns and anti-gravity weapons so and spanish tests especially spanish tests they're very tricky si senor muchos gracias grandissimo paella i got a bit racist (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) i went too far um yeah so that's Spider-Man's story. He's kind of trying to become an Avenger and prove himself. And the best way that he can kind of think of is to try and take out the Vulture. Yeah, that's the story. Uh, what did you think? You said worst Spider-Man film ever, but I, I'm guessing that's not your actual opinion. No. Unless it is. <laughs> no. It was okay. I really liked Michael Keaton as a Vulture. I thought he was great. Michael Keaton, his Vulture's great for a number of reasons. One, he's a villain that we haven't seen in Spider-Man yet. Spider-Man's got a huge rogues gallery, including all the Goblin variations and Doc Ock and Venom and Sandman and more notable villains that we've seen before. So they've done the right thing with going with a more obscure villain, but making him more threatening. Because Vulture in the comics, he's an old man that can fly. And I think one of his powers is, is that he can drain the youth out of people to make himself younger. Yeah. Hence, like the Vulture moniker he's preying on people and stealing their good looks yeah he could moisturize but no no he wants to take it yeah stealing good looks uh there were some other villains as well in vulture's uh criminal gang weren't there yeah shocker wasn't impressed at all with that i thought it was a very lazy attempt at shocker well shocker the thing is shocker's quite a low priority villain i know he's not meant to be the main villain in this and he's more like you know a henchman. Oh, look. yeah and it's more for comic book people isn't it like oh look we've got shocker in as well let's have some fun but they were really lazy with shocker i mean there's two shockers in this film the first one dies and then the second one all it is is just one single i don't want you to call it shock glove or something it's like a power fist that's electric it makes that arm able to punch a bus giving him that and call him shocker i don't think they should have done that he didn't deserve to be called shocker just because he had that unless of course they're setting him up to bring him in at a later film when he's fully kitted out and he's a much more bigger threat, then that would make more sense. But if they're just using him as one film, they've completely wasted that character. Well, I think they are going to bring him back. They won't make Shocker the main villain for a, a sole, solo Spider-Man film. But he'll he's join not, with another, somebody else. Yeah, and I think that's what they get out with the post credit sequence. I think Sony or, or Marvel, I don't know, are trying to again build up to a sinister six type of uh union shocker would be a good inclusion in it as uh, a henchman i disagree with you i think he was used well in the role he was given he wasn't portrayed as 
I'm the shocker and I'm going to take over the city. He was just a henchman. He was a guy working for Michael Keaton in his in his gang and just doing his bidding, which I think is fine for shocker. I'm not sure too many people are going to be too upset. As far as the costume went for shocker, I think they had it pretty nailed. He's got the yellow arms with the sort of um puffer jacket body warmer type thing. So I think he looked pretty good. Yeah, I don't think he... I think he was fine for what he was used for. Uh, there was Scorpion in there as well not part of michael keaton's gang but he was referenced do you know who i'm talking about no oh where was he referenced? he's a gangster with a scorpion tattoo on his neck he bumps into michael keaton in the post-credits scene yeah in the prison that was meant to be scorpion wasn't yeah it? right fair okay fair <laughs> enough you got that just because he had a scorpion tattoo yes i picked these things up and he um when michael keaton's in prison he kind of suggests hey i know some guys that want to get some revenge on spider-man are you in and i think that's a reference to sinister six that they're gonna try and get try together and push it in yeah right if they do that it's gonna be interesting to see how this venom film plays out i don't i don't want to get into the venom <laughs> film i can see an evil glint in your eye let's stay away from that completely please um yeah so there was another villain as well the tinkerer he was part of uh birdman's gang that one i got you got tinkerer i got tinkerer because he tinkered he tinkered and, and he blinkered and he kept looking at Michael Keaton's phone and reading these messages from his wife. Very nosy. Yeah, what the hell? You shouldn't be doing that. Personal space tinkerer. Terrible. Also, Michael Keaton, if you don't want people looking at your phone, you know, maybe sew an extra pocket into your vulture suit. Just yeah, stick your like phone a, in there. All it is is a leather air jacket. I want to say air jacket. It looked like an air force jacket, didn't it? Yeah. It had pockets. He could have put it in. And a big backpack with a scary vulture helmet. There's a lot of places he could have put it. That's just, I think he forgot it. Or maybe put a password on your phone if you don't want Tinkerer stealing it. It's a Tinkerer. I think a password will not stop him. <sighs> Damn it. Technological supervillains. Yeah, so you got Tinkerer. Cool. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Any more characters that you wanted to pick on? Iron Man. Do you want to pick on Iron Man? No, I was happy with Iron Man in this film. Very limited use. I don't know if Sony done this on purpose with the trailers, but the way they've done the trailers made it look like Iron Man was going to be in every scene. In reality, he was in, like, three. Yeah, they probably did do that on purpose. Because Sony, I re- recently found out that Sony, shockingly, were in charge of marketing this film. Ex- which explains why they released so, so much. much. I know, I stopped watching after, like, the second trailer. I avoided everything. Yeah, so did I. I knew when new stuff came out, but I just avoided yeah, I it completely, it. like the plague. But... Yeah, I think that was Sony's move. Do you think that was smart? Or... No, because they got a lot of backlash for it, didn't they? From you. Not not me in particular, but... Well, you a in lot, particular, definitely. A lot of people, a lot of people... <laughs> including thought the you. same. Yes, including me, thought the same. So uh, I think they got a lot of backlash. But once people see the film, they realise, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, that's clever. And other people will be like, what are you doing, Sony? You completely misled me. I didn't go to the cinema to see this film because I thought I might be in it. I waited until it came out. Now I wish I'd gone. That won't happen. What? What? <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> you lost me completely. Yeah, Iron Man is used sparingly in it, which is good, because it's not an Iron Man film. Happy Hogan is in it. Uh, yes. John Favreau. Did we like him? Yes. Yes, cool. I did like Happy. Flash was in it. Flash was portrayed completely differently to how he has been in all the other films. How did you find the change? Now, I didn't mind all the, the school stuff so we've got the flash we've got uh ned uh peter's uh friend um we've got liz who is the love interest in this film and a bunch of other school-aged characters that which are in uh peter parker's a 
Uh, I think they're like a quiz team, school county Decathlon. quiz team. Yeah, yeah, they answer questions, so they're all a bit not nerdy, but they're they're clever. They're they're knowledgeable. Yeah, knowledgeable. I didn't mind that. I would quite happily watch a sitcom without Spider-Man about his school days with all of his friends and um, the Flash, not the Flash, Flash, <laughs> different character with Flash just tormenting him and making penis Parker jokes and whatever and him awkwardly trying to hit on girls and Ned freaking out because he's Spider-Man. I'd, I'd happily watch a sitcom like that. I would not. I enjoyed... <laughs> I enjoyed all of the school stuff. It, it was it was good. It was how I imagined it, it, Peter at school would be. Yeah. Also, it doesn't hurt that everyone that was playing kids, school-age people, looked school-age. Yes. Also, they got his betrayal right at school, didn't they? Like you said... Shy, awkward, nerdy. They didn't do an Andrew Garfield where he's skateboarding around. Yeah, a weird hipster skating, taking pictures. Weird stalking of Gwen Stacy, taking yeah. pictures without her permission. Also, yeah, Tom Holland looked like a school person, unlike Tobey Maguire. Yes, that was one of the drawbacks <laughs> of the Maguire films. <laughs> Who looked like a man. Yes. I was so, waiting, yeah. to, waiting to see if Gwen Stacy would pop up anywhere. I knew, obviously, they had Liz as a love interest, so... I didn't know if there'd be a passing reference to her at all. There was nothing. I don't know if they're just going to completely skip over her because of the Amazing Spider-Man films and just ignore her completely. Yeah, probably. I think that's what they'll go for, I'd imagine. Yeah. Because it's, cause it's okay. been done, and fairly recently as well. Fair enough. Because they do have, at the very end of this film, you uh, find out MJ is in it. She's been in it the whole time. You yes. You didn't know it's her. Yes, they money-pennied us from Skyfall. Introduce a female character... Don't tell us her name, and then at the end, oh, it's Eve Moneypenny. Oh, call me MJ. I didn't mind that. Did you mind that? No, I, I wasn't too fussed about that. I thought it was all right. Did you like her throughout the film? She pops up and makes sarcastic comments and the sad sketches of everyone. <laughs> well, it's like um, the way she treats or acts towards Peter, you know, she sees him rather than saying hi, she'll just flip him off, but in a friendly way. <laughs> Would imply she's got like a high school crush on him sort of thing. And there's a scene where they're all going, hey, this internship that Peter's got is making him drop out of, or making him slack in our quiz practice. And she goes, yeah, he's also dropped out of band practice and, and I don't know, gymnastics or everything. And everyone turns to her and she goes, oh, no, I'm not obsessed. I'm just observant. So, <laughs> yeah, interesting. So maybe a flip on the, uh, the whole dynamic of those two. We're going to see her in future films? I'd guess yes. Uh, other references to... Uh, the spider family Miles Morales we get um, a street level guy who's uh, heavily hinted at being uh, Miles Morales's uncle because Miles's uncle is kind of a twist on the whole Uncle Ben thing is a criminal he's a villain called the Prowler in the comics uh, in this he's um, uh, he's seen trying to buy weapons off of um, the Vulture's gang and Spider-Man goes and tries to interrogate him uh, unsuccessfully using what I can only describe as a Batman protocol. Where are the bombs? Oh, where are the weapons? What was it called? Swear to me! It's Martha! I mean me! Uh, yeah, and, and well, during the interrogation he goes, I don't want these super weapons on the street because it might hurt my nephew. Miles. Morals, as you call him. Morals. That's how it's spelt. 
You'd be pronounced Mo- Miles Morales. I don't not care. Morals. <laughs> it should be morals because he's constantly fighting with his morals. Does he take his uncle down? Does he ignore him and continue battling other people? Does I think he... he does take his uncle down. What a dick. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that that's hinted at. Um, what did you think of that scene? I didn't pick up on it. What, the Batman scene? Oh. Oh, you picked the, up on Batman. Yeah, I got like, that. I didn't pick uncle. up on the, the Miles reference at all. Okay. It's not until we got to cinema and then you said about it and I was like, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Mark Wahlberg did it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I what, thought it was all right. Yeah, the, the whole high-tech Spider-Man suit, what did you think of that? I found it annoying, but an annoyingly in a good way. Because Peter's getting fed up with it. I mean, Tony put in over 500 combinations of different web shooters he could have. And even Peter's like, this is overkill, this is too much. It has an insta-kill mode on it. And of course, because Tony... It's it's a suit that you would expect Tony to design. Yeah. It's full of gadgets like a parachute and web wings and little robots. And high-tech gizmos and listening devices and all sorts of stuff his own personal ai yeah yeah like um friday in the iron man suit yeah it's what iron man would make do you think iron man was a little bit jealous that he only wanted to make his own spider-man suit? <laughs> he's kind of living vicariously through spider-man yeah this is like i want i'd like to wear this type of suit but i can't because i'd need to put jets and stuff yeah. into it to get around so yeah, I think he kind of is. That's why at the very end of the film when he makes this new suit and it's very shiny and armoured-like, he's trying to make it more Iron Man-esque. Probably, yeah. Can we circle back to Tony? Yeah, back to Tony. T-Man, what's up? What Was he a bit of a dick? In what, taking the suit away? Yes, because, right, he takes the suit away because he doesn't want... If Spider-Man is nothing without Tony Stark's suit, then... He shouldn't be a superhero. It's kind of the arc that Tony went through in Iron Man 3 where all of his suits are malfunctioning. But he still manages to be the Mandarin even without his suit. So it's that kind of arc. But he left a 15-year-old kid at the mercy of Michael Keaton's vulture. A man who would happily murder a kid to keep his secret gun-running business hidden. And then, and then Iron Man tries to go. Yeah, it was a life lesson. I was. It was planned all along. I knew you'd beat that guy. Oh, <laughs> he could have been killed. Ooh. Yes, I don't think he expected Peter to go after Vulture. I think he was thinking if he took the suit away, Peter wouldn't have the confidence to go against Vulture. He would just go back to low-level street crime muggins and stuff. But Peter was like, Nah, fuck this. I'm gonna suit up and go for it. And at first it backfired horribly. It did, yes, very much so. I feel that if Peter had the Iron Man designed spider suit, he would have been able to take down Vulture a a bit more quickly. And also the whole fight on the plane, it was okay because he had a parachute in the back. If he fell off the plane the Vulture was trying to rob during that fight, he's dead. He's got no parachute. All he have to do is try and shoot Webb back up to it. Which if he missed, yeah, he'd be dead. Yeah. And yeah. if he falls over somewhere where the buildings aren't very high, he's not going to be able to slow his descent and he's going he's gonna to die, basically. <laughs> so Pretty much. Even shows him messing up his web swinging, doesn't it, in a film. He shoots at yeah. the web and he completely misjudges it and he swings down into the floor or yeah. to the roof of this other building. And it also shows him in locations where there aren't places for him to swing off of, which is... Yeah, it's good, yeah, because he he's got to run over a golf course and 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 the sprinklers going. Yeah, and sometimes he doesn't judge the web swing right, and Which yeah, is, I I enjoy it. It's that. good. This is all things showing him he's still not 
fully comfortable with what he's doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's getting he's getting used to it. Of course. Yeah, I, I did enjoy that part, yeah. I think we've covered most parts. There was one twist that Sony didn't manage to spoil, and that's the tenuous link between Peter Parker and his uh, rival, the Vulture. Turns out the Vulture is his girlfriend's dad. <laughs> yes, I like that. I wasn't expecting that. I did like that scene, the whole awkward drive to... Uh, the homecoming dance thing mm. and then what about when Liz gets out of the car and he turns around because during the drive Michael Keaton's character he picks up that Peter as Spider-Man he puts two and two together so when it gets to the homecoming dance Liz gets out the car goes in her dad's like oh I'm going to give Peter the dad talk then pulls out a handgun yes <laughs> the extreme dad talk the ex- yes yeah I-, I like that whole scene it was good and now again Michael Keaton's an interesting character because he's got a family he's got things that he's fighting for he's got tangible motivations he wants to keep a roof over his family's head give them a quality of life that they can enjoy and to do that he can't do what he used to do which is clean up because tony stark has uh, created a damage control task force to clean up all the alien artifacts and stuff like that so exactly this doesn't happen people don't get hold of alien technology they, they, they shouldn't get hold of so yeah, I I enjoyed him as as a villain. He he was very good. Yeah, yeah, tangible motivations. I like that he wasn't evil. He wasn't just purely evil, was he? Wasn't maniacal, was he? Cackling like a madman. <laughs> no, he was he was sinister, but he wasn't evil. He wouldn't just randomly murder a child for no reason. Yeah, there'd always be a reason if he did do it. Yeah, and even when he did murder someone, he thought he was doing it's, something else. yeah it's <laughs> yeah. not it's not on purpose uh, when he kills the first shocker which we'll get to in the um uh, survivally bit quickly uh would you like some imdb reviews before we give off our final <laughs> thoughts on the film yes because you've uh you've i've teased them off yeah air. you've uh, got me interested in these yeah off. we did this section with the wonder woman review so i thought i'd bring it back for spider-man first one comes from uh, <laughs> a name i'm gonna mispronounce then Kate Schreider. What? It's all one word. It's very, very not well punctuated. Okay. Spider-Man 2 is still the best. Although 8 out of 10. Which means he must give Spider- or he or she must give Spider-Man 2 at least a 9. Yeah. Um, and Spider-Man 2 is a, is a good film. It's up there in the echelons of really good superhero movies. Because it's a really good one. Whether this is better than that or not i'm not sure at the moment i'd have to watch it again without distractions Do you popcorn know throwing crazy children especially yeah. do you know what's going to annoy me about the toby Maguire ones now i'm so used to spider-man having web shooters not gonna like the organic ones. i'm not gonna any organic ones gonna bug me now i don't mind the organic ones they fit that particular version of spider-man i i, mm. I don't mind you know what i really like the uh the web shooters in this film they were used a lot more like on their own sort of thing than what they were in the Amazing Spider-Man films. Yeah, true. Next review, scaled down, truly witty and surprisingly fresh from Morton underscore five. Eight out of ten. I thought you were saying the name at first. Oh, what? That's yeah, I saw name. you read scaled that out. I was down. like, whoa. I was like, what a name. Eight out of ten. That's quite yeah. good. Yeah. And it is scaled down. It's not a world-dominating plan that the Vulture's got. No, he just wants to which make was money. refreshing. Yeah. Next review... A movie for teens that's fun for adults if you don't think about it too much. Seven out of ten. Are you saying if you're you're overthinking it, you're going to find too many plot holes? People can't be spiders and men. Which is why he's a boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably not what he meant by overthinking it. No. 
Okay, Chris, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Awful! Marvel self-sabotaging with jokes. Raimi Spider-Man 2 is still the best. One out of ten. That's wow. F- <laughs> that's from GTR Boy <laughs> dash a whole lot of numbers. That's got to be a troll. <laughs> that can't be a serious review. I did have a look in depth into his review and he did do what you did. Tony Stark dominates the film. He doesn't, but... No, I've gone back on that. You, I thought he did. Having no, watched I saw the, the film. film. Yeah, I've gone back on it. Perhaps he hasn't watched it yet. Maybe. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Nick says, Spit in the face of Spider-Man fans. Five out of ten. It's good. That's half. <laughs> that means it's not bad. It's not good either. It's neutral. That's fine. Does it spit in the face of the fans? No, if anything, it gives the gives the fans a warm handshake. Yeah. And a gentle web blast. A gentle tug of webbing <laughs> as you're lifted into the air and left hanging there did you have to say tug yeah <laughs> a gentle tug <laughs> I'll say it again worst Spider-Man movie of all time says RS a whole bunch of numbers 3 out of 10 hang on there's two now that have given it really bad reviews and they've had a whole bunch of numbers these are troll accounts uh, last one with great power comes a great fucking movie <laughs> Yes. <laughs> From John Maverick. Don't mess with him. He's unpredictable. He's a maverick. 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. What do we give it? A watch or a don't watch? Well, obviously it's going to be a watch. Why even ask the question? <laughs> Did you like... There was not one reference to Uncle Ben in the entire film. There were shades of it. Uncle Ben wasn't mentioned specifically, but there was a reference when um, uh, Spider-Man's saying, I don't want... Aunt May to find out that I'm Spider-Man because she's been through a lot, hinting at the death of Uncle Ben. And then Aunt May does eventually find out. And we almost get our first fuck of the MCU universe. Yeah, they cut that just in time, which was <laughs> unfortunate. I'm, I think they should have yeah. left it. It was a funny note to end on, though. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Pretty good. Yeah, give it a watch, Chris. Now, Survival Guide. Two deaths. Kill count's not very high in this movie, but you know, it's it's a meant to be a kid kind of romp into superhero dumb, so it's not going to be super murdery. I hope they do a really dark Spider-Man later on. That's probably what Venom's going to be. I said we weren't going to talk about Venom. Let's get away from Venom. Shocker! Number one is killed accidentally by the Vulture. First uh, shocker this is. Yes, I said shocker number one. Oh, I thought uh, you meant uh, number one like the first death. Doesn't matter. <laughs> shocker number one is killed after he gives uh, the Vulture a bit of jip saying he doesn't need this job and he can go off and do his own superhero slash supervillain bank robberies and earn money. Uh, Michael Keaton seeks to kind of intimidate him into staying, picks up what he thinks is the anti-gravity gun. Instead, it's a weird disintegrating gun and he accidentally kills Shocker number one and disintegrates him. What do you do? One, it's not Vulture's intention on killing him. Yeah. Two... Vulture's a big flying bird monster. Do you really want to take him on when you've just got a punchy glove? Yeah, you probably should have realised you're working for this gang or whatever. You're using all this stolen alien tech. If you're going to walk away from it, the other gang members are going to be worried that you might sell them out. You might start your own gang up and try and come back to steal the tech for yourself. So you probably should have realised this isn't isn't the sort of gang where you can just walk away from. Yeah. They were, and they all know each other because they used to work together. They were all yeah. part of... Um, this clean-up construction company thing. Yeah, before, again, Tony Stark brought in damage control. So, yeah, he knows too much to be just allowed to walk away. But again, it, it wasn't Michael Keaton's intention to murder him. No. 
Perhaps he Unless thought... he wanted to murder him with gravity, in which case that's way worse. I don't know what he's going to do with it. I think he's probably just going to throw him around the room for yeah, a bit. Yeah, th- threaten him a bit. Yeah. I don't know, perhaps this uh, the shocker, the first shocker, should have been more prepared for it. Realised it would have gone down. Because he kept his shock glove on, didn't he? So I think because he, he was just going to walk out with it and, and just use take that. it. Perhaps they weren't even going to let him take it. He just assumed they're going to let him take it as well. Yeah. Well, would you stop him? Because if you tried to, he'd punch you across a room. Anti-grav gun. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, done. Yeah, you'd have to have the anti-grav gun. Also, he says about Michael Keaton, he's an old man, all this lot. He probably doesn't seem as a threat. He's like, oh, what are you going to do? You're an old guy and you can fly. Big whoop. I've got a fist. If I hit you with it, it'll take your head off. Yeah, I still do think, though, if Keaton was in his vulture gear and it came down to a fight between one power oh, glove. Oh, Keaton would win, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Flying, hook talons, and all sorts of other gadgets that he's got on that glider get up that he's got yeah that wouldn't have ended well so yeah don't threaten a man's family especially when that man is right next to an experimental gun also don't be selling the uh the alien guns on the street that's what michael keaton gets angry about and that he's test firing them in public isn't he yes causing huge explosions that attract the attention of spider-man so and anybody else around you look out the window and you see big yeah. blue cloud you're going to investigate well, I won't, because we're too scared. But other people will investigate. Braver people <laughs> will investigate, yeah. So if he'd followed Vulture's instructions and been less of a maverick, then, yeah. You like maverick, don't you? I like mavericks. You it's enjoy a good, a good maverick. It's a good word, yeah. But, uh, yeah, less of a maverick. Yeah, it's very avoidable, that death. Second death, Chris. Less avoidable. A bit more uh, extreme, would you say? Now... On the boat, oh, you've all seen it in the trailers, even though you really shouldn't be listening to this unless you've actually watched the film. Uh, uh, Spider-Man goes to try and stop one of Vulture's arms deals and in the process uh, manages to subdue one of the uh, the gang by webbing them to the side of the boat. I think he punches him off and he's about to fall into the water, but Spider-Man quickly webs him, just in case the dude can't swim. But this leaves him in a very precarious situation. And when Michael Keaton suits up into the Vulture outfit and shit goes wrong and the boat splits in half, a car flies off and hits this guy in the face, separating him from the webbing that is attaching him to the boat and then sending him into the water. I'm not not exactly sure. I'm not sure when he gets hit, whether it's after the boat splits into or whether it's Vulture flying and trying to get Spider-Man that causes the car to hit him. But he's hit by the car, which would either knock him out or kill him outright and then he's flung into the water and if he is knocked out he won't be able to swim and he'll drown he might so, not be able to swim anyway he, yeah and he might not be able to swim even if he is conscious so uh, w- what do you do in, in this situation carry a knife try and cut the webbing off yeah, so you're free the, the knives do cut web in this film don't they it's not super strong resistant to knife or anything no so. yeah you can jimmy it out but, I mean if you're hit in the face of a car uh, instant <laughs> death I'd you, say. You, could be, you could be dead, yeah. Nobody even tried to save him, did they? Spider-Man didn't. Well, Man Spider-Man's didn't. preoccupied with either fighting care, the Vulture. Spider-Man's he's either fighting the Vulture or he's trying to stick the boat back together, so he can't yeah. help. So mm. you can't... You can't. It's up to this guy to try and get himself out of that situation, so you can't rely on Spider-Man or Iron Man. Or even the Vulture, because you're part of his gang, aren't you? But Yeah. The thing is, all this could have been avoided if Spider-Man had done nothing. Yes. Well... No, yeah, because he wouldn't have been in that situation. Yeah, exactly. The FBI would have shown up and tried to break up the gun deal, but they would have been taken out by the vulture. Do you reckon? Yes. Iron Man, I think, must have been monitoring the situation, though. 
from a fair distance away. It takes them a while to get there and actually stick the boat back yeah. together. Kind of with the Iron Man had turned up while Vulture was still there. He would have just taken a Vulture out instantly. Because there is a line in this where Iron Man goes, ah, this guy, he's a bit below my pay grade. So he's yeah. self-arrogant, thinks he's only worth going after... Loki or something, the big yeah. guys. Even though his first uh, adventure was a guy very similar to the Vulture who wanted to sell super weapons yeah. to people that shouldn't have super weapons. But then he was finding his way then. Yes, he didn't know he was meant to fight Asgardian gods <laughs> and world-dominating meteor-making robots. So, yeah. Have a knife. Cut yourself out of this webbing. Well, it's the only way you're going to be able to do it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and hope you can swim. <laughs> and hope you can swim. I mean... They're not expecting Spider-Man to turn up, but they should be prepared for him, so they should all be carrying some sort of sharp blades to cut web if needed. Yeah. And th- and they have had tangles with him because uh, yeah, so Michael Keaton's angry. They and... know what they can expect from him if he does turn up. Yes, yeah. They have been stalked by him before, so yeah. Mm. What I did like about that scene is, from the trailers, it makes it look like Vulture splits the boat, but it isn't. It's entirely Spider-Man's fault the boat splits. Yes, it's his inexperience again, isn't it, that At least costs him. Yep. I like I like these mistakes he's making. Yeah, and again, that's another catalyst for why Tony Stark takes the suit off of him. Because he's making m- rookie mistakes. He doesn't know. This isn't rookie. This is, like, severe. These people, nearly all of them died. Well, it's, it's a mistake caused by his inexperience, isn't it? So he doesn't know what this alien technology is. So he can't deal with it properly in a way that Tony Stark would be able to because he's been studying it and storing it and using it in weapons and bits and bobs. So, yeah. Those are the two deaths that happen in this film. Again, Vulture is taken out non-lethally. Uh, and Spider-Man, in fact, saves him after his suit malfunctions and explodes. He manages to pull him out of the fire. And that kind of creates a respect between them. So when Keaton is taken into prison, he doesn't reveal that Parker is Spider-Man immediately, does he? No, immediately. Are you suggesting he will? Maybe. I'm not sure whether Michael Keaton will show up again. There is the potential. I want him to. I thoroughly enjoyed his character. Yeah, so that would be interesting, or whether he's just going to quietly do his time in prison and you know, make up with his family. Could be an ally of Spider-Man in the future. Potentially, yeah. We'll have to see. As well as saving him, Spider-Man also saves Liz earlier on in the film when she's trapped in a full elevator. So, which again, is why, from um, a mistake he made by giving Ned a piece of <laughs> yes. alien technology that explodes... Poor Ned. I really like Ned. He's a great guy. He's, he's a very good supporting character, isn't he? Yes, yeah. I, I do like him. That's the survivally stuff in our review of Spider-Man Homecoming. If you've got uh, thoughts of your own, let us know. We could survive that at gmail.com or tweet us at we could survive. Uh, it's time for the news now, Chris, which you are here for this week. Yes, I'm here. I'm raring to go. Did you watch any of the trailers that I, I talked about last <laughs> week? Okay. So I can't ask you about Jumanji or cult of chucky or the inhumans or anything like that uh i, no. I mean i can ask you, you but the answer me. will be i don't know i don't know <laughs> maybe but jumanji 2 i don't think it's going to be good i've seen i've seen, seen the thumbnail for it okay it's dwayne johnson isn't it yes they're sucked into a video game in this one instead really, of a board game i'm really confused because it's, it's called jumanji 2 into the jungle or something welcome to the jungle welcome to the jungle Dwayne Johnson's got a movie called Into the Jungle from like 2007 or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... I, I said, it, maybe it's a, a, a play. Maybe it's actually a sequel to Welcome to the Jungle and not Jumanji, so... Or maybe it connects the two. I maybe, don't know. yeah, a shared universe between those ones. A Cult of Chucky I couldn't really speak about because I know bugger and all about Chucky. I 
I know Chucky. I've seen Charles play. Your, your mates with three. Chucky. Yeah, mates with Chucky. I call him Sea Doll because he's a doll. The Chuckster. The Chuckster. Chucknator. Chalu. Um, yeah, and and Inhumans you've not seen. I saw the thumbnail for it and I thought the thumbnail alone looked awful. Oh, great. <laughs> cool. Um, well, that was a useless statement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, On to the news proper now. Uh, sad news. Uh, Stanley's wife, uh, Joan Lee, died this week at the age of 95, which is good innings, uh, 95. But yeah, sh- she'll be missed, obviously, especially by Stan. She has made cameos in uh, the... I think she was in X-Men Apocalypse. She made a cameo with Stan, so... Mm. Interesting fact about her. Stan Lee, in his younger days, was disheartened with Marvel and was going to quit. And she said to him, before you quit, write a comic that you're proud of. And he wrote Fantastic Four, which kick-started like, the Marvel uh, The golden age yeah. of, of, of superheroes and yeah. stuff, yeah. So if she hadn't said that, he would have left and we would have lost out on so much. Yeah. Other fun story I, I heard um, just this morning is that uh, Stan met her when he was eventually going to meet uh, uh, another woman. Um, <laughs> not, not like that. He'd, he'd been told that um, maybe he'd like to meet this um, model. And he went to the modeling agency and at the receptionist desk was uh, Joan. So he hit it off with, with her and took her for dinner. A good dinner, as Stan said. So, um, yeah. That's that's how they met. So, yeah, obvi- obviously sad, but ninety five. That's that's a good run. That's, that's a good, good. That's a good age. Yeah, but still sad for Stan. Um, let's get on to some other news now. It's Marvel related again. Samuel L. Jackson is going to be in the Captain Marvel movie with Brie Larson, who's playing Captain Marvel. So I'm not sure what role he's going to be, but he's there. He's the guy that kind of brings everyone together. So oh, Captain. Uh... Yeah, when you should be Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. When oh, when well, who did, yeah. sorry, when you said what role, I, I was like, has he forgotten what character <laughs> he plays? <laughs> right. Uh, okay. You mean what role is Nick Fury going to have in the film? Yes. He obviously, he's nothing to do with Shield. So, right. Okay. <laughs> right. I thought you'd completely forgotten. I was like, no, I'm not that forgetful. <laughs> and then my mind slipped, and I was like, is Captain Marvel DC? I was like, no. What's going on here? No. Well, Captain Marvel is kind of he's Shazam. I don't yeah, know. No, we're not getting into that now. Nick Fury's in Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, it's good that he's in it. Is it? Probably, unless they make him an idiot. Is he in uh, Infinity Wars? Everyone is, so yeah. I'd expect him to be in it. Everyone. Everyone, apart from the Netflix and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guys, I'd imagine. No, it's not everyone, is it? Well, oh, my <laughs> daredevil. It's most people, yeah. So, good. More Sam Jackson. He's brilliant. And last bit of news, Chris. You like deleted footage. In DVDs, don't you? I enjoy a good bit of deleted footage. What's the maximum amount of deleted footage you'd want in a extended edition of a film? 30 to 40 minutes. Oh, so you're not going to get the Alien Covenant Blu-ray, which contains 18 minutes of deleted footage? No. <laughs> I only got the Batman Superman one because I had 30 minutes. 30 is your cut-off. That's the cut-off. I didn't get Suicide Squad because it was only 11. I'm not going to get Alien Covenant for 18 minutes. Unless, of course, it's the same price as regular, but it won't be, so... No. Maybe after a while, or you get it secondhand. I have or all the other... Or you steal it <laughs> using alien technology you've bought from the Vulture. <laughs> Overkill, but... Perhaps. You know. I don't even know if I want to get it. I've got all the alien films, and I've got Prometheus, but I'm not sure if I want Covenant. It's a bit on, shit. Yeah, on the fact that it's not a very good film. Yeah, I don't think I'd watch it again. It would just sit there. And then I would have a... a 
you know, goes with the collection, doesn't it? I like to put them in chronological order. Your collection of mediocre to crap films. To a good, to good <laughs> films, yeah. Okay, that was the news. It's not a lot this week. No, it's been, it's been a quiet week. Well, it might have been a really exciting week, but I've just not picked it <laughs> up. So we've not seen anything. <laughs> if I've missed something really exciting, let me know. Uh, we can survive that at gmail.com, Twitter. We could survive. Yep. Leave us a review on iTunes or um, on Podomatic or I don't know wherever you find us on podcasting sites. We're on and them. YouTube. Yes, YouTube. We're on all the episodes are on there, and and listen to them. Get into them if you want. Uh, next week, probably War for the Planet of the Apes. And then after that, I've not got anything planned in stone. So if you do have suggestions, not you, Chris. <laughs> what? Why? Not taking suggestions from you, from listeners. Uh, let us know. Yeah, either in the comments below or via the email and Twitter. But yeah, let it, let us know what you want us to talk about and possibly try and survive or just give a good kicking to. Or read the IMDb reviews. <laughs> We should do a really, really corny, cheesy 80s film. I like Chopping Mall. Let's do another one of those. Well, yeah. But yeah. If, yeah. If there's something you want us to do, let us know. Yeah, that's it, Chris. Uh, you can end the show now. Marvellous. Well, marvellous. <laughs> fuck's sake. Well, thank you for listening. You've all been listening to We Could Survive, like your weekly survivor guide to the movies. We're going to see you all next week for War of the Planet of the Apes. But until then, keep on swinging. Web swinging. I should say web swinging. <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs>